Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Welcome to the Insomnia Project. Sit back, relax, and listen as we have a mundane conversation about a ordinary topic. Thank you for joining us. We hope you will listen and sleep. And thank you for listening to this podcast. I know that there's a ton of podcasts out there for you to listen to, but we have some very loyal fans, and we appreciate you. Thank you for joining us. I'm your host, Marco Timpano. And I'm back on here again, and I'm Amanda Barker. Amanda, we had the opportunity to do something yesterday that I've wanted to do for a long time. I met you in 2003, I believe, Mm -hmm. which was a long time ago. Yes. And one of the first things you asked me when you found out that I'm from Massachusetts, one of the first things you asked me is if I had ever been to a cranberry bog. That's right. You were so fascinated by the idea of a cranberry bog. Yes. Maybe you could tell us why cranberry bogs have fascinated you for a good part of your life. Okay, so you know I love to travel, and you know that I love um, very um, unique things that happen in certain parts of the world. Cultural things, Mm -hmm. or food items, or Mm -hmm. just, I don't know, I'm fascinated by things that only occur... In certain places. Mm-hmm. And I've always had a love for New England and Massachusetts in particular. I don't know why mm-hmm. that is. You know how you just have a connection to a place that you, you have. gravitate. Yeah. yeah. But I had no connection to that area of the world other than when I met you. You were the first person I knew who was from there. So did you have that connection prior to meeting me? Yeah. I always oh, okay. loved, um, I always loved things that happened in the Northeast. I think because... I'm in the northeast of Canada, or uh, not, not the northeast, not I should really. say, the northeast central. of North America is what I'm trying to say. Like, when you think of the northeast, you think of New England, New York, right? Michigan, right. and southern Ontario would I would fall. not put Michigan into that. Detroit? You wouldn't put, like, Detroit, that area there? Not north, not east. That's central to me, but I'm from the east. Oh, so. okay. Fair enough. It depends on where you're lying. For me, the line sort of ends with Quebec. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. So that area of yeah. North America... And I've always loved lobster. Mm-hmm. So I think because you were from New, New England, I associate... Because I think I asked you a lot about lobster, too, when we you first did. met. Right. Yeah, you, you definitely did. <laughs> and because of you, I know some lobster fishermen. But had I not met you, I would never know any lobster fishermen. <laughs> because of you, I know three lobster fishermen. Really? And I Yeah. Oh. 
Um, John Williams? John Williams' dad. Yeah, well, okay. It was a lobster fisherman. Yeah, uh, but or I, is. I don't, I, we've never met him. But I got to talk to John Williams about That's it. That's true. Nikki. Nikki, yeah. That's right. And um, that guy we celebrated New Year's with, I don't know his name, in Florida, that, that guy with the strong, <laughs> heavy accent from Boston. Uh, Nikki's brother-in-law? No, it was... Um, Erica's husband? Erica's husband's friend. Oh, my God. Or Erica's friend. That guy, that older gentleman. <laughs> I don't remember. That. Erica, by the way, is Amanda's mother's real estate agent. So, and friend. And friend. And friend. And but friend, they definitely. met because of my mother's love of real estate. And True. my mom bought, I think, two houses from her and used her to sell some land. Sure. So because of that world, and I know cranberries are from specific regions, and it, they're often associated with New England, mm-hmm. right? Cranberry sauce, cranberry... Um, juice, all that. They definitely are. I grew up with them. And, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, I couldn't have grown up in the cherry capital of the world. Which is a fruit you love, right? Yeah, or the peach capital. I wasn't in Georgia. Right, sure. Those are sweet, delicious fruits that children love. Instead, true to form, I grew up where this delicious berry was presented in juice and raw form and it tasted very bitter and tart to my little mouth (laughs) yeah but very much like your people (laughs) it's true (laughs) bitter and tart you think oh it's gonna be this delicious berry and everybody loves cranberries it has berry on it right so it should be like a blueberry you know let me ask you okay so back to when we started this conversation (laughs) I asked you if you've ever been to a cranberry bog Mm -hmm. because I was fascinated by that thought of going to a bog to pick fruits Mm -hmm. and there was something just fascinating not realizing that about an hour and 45 minutes away from my hometown was the cranberry capital of this province of Ontario Mm -hmm. so when I asked you had you ever been to a cranberry bog what was your answer do you remember I think I told you I had never been in one okay which was true um, but I knew people who had, okay. which was true. My, um, it wasn't something one aspired to. Sure. It wasn't seen as a particularly glamorous job. Right. You know, um, like a potato picker or a, That's another show. That's potato another, picking. yeah. Potato, we'll do that on another In fact, episode. we're in potato week right now in New Brunswick. Let's not veer to the potato world when we're in cranberry <laughs> season. Because we're also in cranberry season. So. Yeah. Okay. After um, yesterday, if so someone Mrs. asked you, have you ever been to a cranberry bog? I can say, absolutely, I have been. Yesterday, we got to go to a cranberry bog. But you were about to say something before I got onto it. I just was going to say that I think in, in, a, in looking for content, my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Lombardi, I, we, we had a few, you know, we'd go from room to room. But anyway, Mrs. Lombardi had... Uh, I believe it was Mrs. Lombardi had um, she got her daughter to come in and tell us what it was like to work in a cranberry bog. Oh, Mrs. Lombardi's daughter worked in a cranberry yeah, bog. Oh, okay. It was her job. I think it was her weekend job and her summer job or maybe just her weekend job because I guess you can't you'd only work there. It would be seasonal, right? It is very seasonal, yeah. yes. So anyway, I remember her coming in wearing the waders and telling us what it was like 
I think her she just thought it would be fun for her daughter to come in and tell us. It didn't sound very glamorous. Right. And indeed, I can confirm with Mrs. Lombardi's daughter, it was not very glamorous. I should mention, as we're recording this episode, you and I are both drinking a glass of cranberry juice, <laughs> which is solely coincidental. We didn't plan to drink cranberry it's juice. It's actually cran raspberry. Oh, okay. So. Mm-hmm. And you might hear some trucks in the background. They always know when to come. They always know when to come, so I apologize for that noise that you may hear. Who knows? They might have a truck full of cranberries. They may, because we're not that far. That's right. So, we got to go to a cranberry bog. Now, Amanda, did you know that cranberries are native only to North America. There there are only three commercially grown crops that can make this claim. Oh, wow. Cranberries being one. Do you know the other two crops that are only native or only found in North America? Peanuts? Nope. Okay. Um... It's going to be in the fruit world. I I don't know in the legume world or the nut world, but I'm going to say in the Um... fruit world. That's a hard one. Choke cherries? Oh, that's a good one, but I don't know if those are commercially harvested. I guess they're not commercially yeah. harvested. Uh, um, commercially grown crops. Cran apples? Like uh, crab apples? No, I don't think they're a commercial crop either. <laughs> I'm just going to tell you. I'm just I... telling you things I used to pick off trees. <laughs> okay. Blueberries? Oh, really? They're yeah. only in North America? Yeah, they're a North American oh, crop, yeah. What about Saskatoon berries? Well, that's not on my list, but okay. that sounds like it might be. I feel like I think you're you're really poking holes into this, this feel, little factoid. I just feel I got. like there isn't a Saskatoon berry plantation in, say, southern France. Like I right. feel like that they <clears throat> live in the prairies. Sure, but I don't know. And Concord grapes. Oh, and those are also huge in Massachusetts. My least favorite grape. Oh, really? Yeah. They're they're all I ever heard about. Maybe they're why I didn't like. Why are they your least favorite grape? I don't like the taste, and I don't like the juice, and I don't like that you you never hear Concord wine, Concord grape wine. I, I, I don't know it. Concord grapes it. were another thing I grew up hearing about all the time, okay. so that make that stands to complete reason. And blueberries, we had them all around our house in Massachusetts. Oh, you did? We did, and oh, I actually cool. didn't like them very much. My sister liked them, and I got poison ivy picking them one time with my sister. So I really didn't like them after that. And I remember I had to sit with my feet in a warm bath or something. Like I remember soaking my feet while my sister was with my dad, picking blueberries in the little wooded area in front of our house. So anyway, I, ne- I didn't have a good relationship with blueberries. But, and I didn't have a good relationship with cranberries, but I think that's changed after yesterday. So let's talk about our... I'll, I'll pepper in some some facts but let's talk about her and i'll poke holes yeah you're really good at that yeah that's what i do um so we we drive to the cranberry bog (laughs) and it's a it's a really lovely farm vineyard and farm Mm -hmm. um that we went to and Mm -hmm. you drive down these beautiful roads that of course right now here in southern ontario the leaves are red orange and yellow Mm. and it was a beautiful drive it was yeah and then we get to the spot we put on some warm clothes, long johns, sweaters. Yeah, we brought lots of... We weren't sure what to bring, so we brought lots of... Because we're novice boggers, really. We, yeah, we have we have not bogged before. Um, it's not in our wheelhouse, so we brought a lot of things. And then we changed in the car and uh, sort of put on layers in the car. 
and we happened upon this big sort of farm and winery turned yeah. out but it's a different kind of winery because they only make wines that involve cranberries Cranberries and blueberries. So and blueberries. two of the north. You'd think they'd put Concord grape in the mix. Well, I, I think there is one <coughs> wine that no. is... None of them are? Apples. Oh, apples, yeah. right. One was 80% apple, 20% cram. Oh, wow. So when I hear winery, I don't... It's interesting to me to know that there could be a winery that never involves a grape. Which I think is technically you can't do. <laughs> because... Uh, a vineyard mm-hmm. makes wine, mm-hmm. and because cranberries aren't on a vine, mm-hmm. it's not a vineyard. Right. So, in 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 a weird sort of way, I don't know if this this family-run farm should be able to call itself a winery, oh. because I think the word wine derives from vine. Well, but these but cranberries are sort of viney. Now, they're vines in the ground, so they're a different type of vine. But, um, yeah, it was really interesting. We drove up, and uh, what was nice was they had a sort of fire pit going with chairs around it. Now, these chairs in in that region, and in this region, uh, are referred to as Muskoka chairs. Uh, now, growing up in New England, I always re- refer to them as Adirondack chairs, and I think they have another name beyond that. Uh, what's the other one? Adirondack, Muskoka. Oh, that's a great. That's a great question. There's another thing that people call them. Um, so, if you don't know what it is, it's an outdoor lounge chair that has wide armrests. Amanda, is that fair to say? Yes, and it's made used of wood. wood and yeah. It's kind of slatted wood mm-hmm. um, that has a high back mm-hmm. and kind of a deep sit or mm-hmm. deep, like where your bottom would rest would be deep in the seat. Does that make sense? Yes. That's the first time I've said bottom on the show. Um, <laughs> so I think in the U.S. it's called Adirondack. In Canada, it's called uh, Muskoka Chair. And I don't know another name of it to be... There is one other... Um, people sometimes call them Westport chairs. And actually, they became known as Adirondack chairs because they were used by tuberculosis patients in upstate New York Oh. to relax and take in fresh air. Oh, that makes sense. When they convalesced. Right. Oh, I didn't know that. That is very interesting. Well, since we're going to the etymology of certain words, can I tell you why the cranberry got its name? Sure. So early early settlers thought the cranberry blossom resembled the head of a crane Mm. and called it craneberries. Cranberries were so important to early settlers, laws were passed in some areas to prevent wild bogs from being picked illegally oh wow yeah and if i'll show you a picture of the crane and the blossom amanda oh yeah they look very similar and very similar this north american crane has a red it even has a it really does look like a bird's head with a beak yeah um this justin okay breaking news the difference between adirondack and muskoka chairs is that the adirondack chair is two inches higher from the ground and two inches wider between the arms compared to the Muskoka chair. Oh. I did not know that. There you go. Another comparison is that the Adirondack chair is built with a flat yoke at the back of the seat, and the Muskoka chair is built 
with a curved yoke. That's true. Yes. That I do so notice that the Armuscoka chairs have a curved yoke. That is so interesting. What's a yoke? A yoke is the um is this part I'm showing you on the, the chair. Lower back the lower back support. Like, well, even the whole the whole back support is kind okay. of like the slats are oh, kind of Oh yeah. Now it's significant that we mentioned the Muskoka chair. Mhm. Because it seems a little bit random that we mentioned. Right. But this winery was in Muskoka Lakes. That's the area that we were now, in. Now, I call it the Muskokas. And I call it Muskoka. Right. So, we won't get into that debate because it, <laughs> it might not be a pleasant one to listen to. Anyway, let's go back into the bog okay. experience. So, you get there and there are Muskoka chairs uh, mm-hmm. around a nice smoky kind of fire. You can get a hot chocolate. Uh, coffee, sure. if you need something stronger, cider probably. There's some pumpkins out in hay bales. Mm-hmm. So it's it's actually quite pretty. They didn't overdo it. You know how some farms are like, it's, it's they, fall coming. They didn't overdo it. it no, was, it's true. The it fall was, colors speak for themselves. It's a working farm. That's why I think they're like, okay, yeah. we'll have this little yeah. area for people to come. Right. But we're still a serious farm. Um, and uh, there's a big golden retriever dog that apparently lives on the property and just gets love from all people so that was yeah we were told we were told okay so see where that golden retriever is turn right at the golden golden retriever turn left actually. oh sorry turn left and, and i wanted to make a joke saying isn't that lucky that that retriever is there but little did i know that retriever is always there yes yeah. wandering around on the property so um there's a little shop where you can buy their wines and actually we started our day with uh with a wine tasting of all these cranberry based wines and fun fact anything that had blueberry in it was not my favorite, but cranberry alone as a wine, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even call it a wine. I'd call it its own thing. But let's call it a wine because that's what they called it. Sure. I thought it was nice. It was nice. The cranberry wine and the white cranberry was actually really lovely. Mm-hmm. Uh, sort of like a white wine, but with a slightly different taste to it. Nothing like a wine, white or red, in my opinion. I thought it was like a white wine. To me, it tasted kind of like a rosé, actually. In my opinion. Okay. Anyway, you you know more wines than I do, so we had a little A very sips. acidic white wine. Sure. It'd have to be like... No, but it has a nice taste to it. I don't want to undersell it. No, it, it, was nice. it has a roundness to it, for sure. That's really pretty. So we tried a bunch of wine, and that was lovely. And then uh, with a bit of wine in our belly, it was off to uh, get in the bog. Yeah. And we had to... I thought the, bo- I thought the bogs <laughs> so... You know, you have an impression of what a bog is going to be like. Mm, mm-hmm. My impression was not that we would have to walk four miles. We did not walk four miles. We had to walk a great distance. Wow. And it was really pretty. It was beautiful. To get to the bog. Mm-hmm. And then I'm glad we did because it gave us space and air and a nice walk. And, and we got to learn all along the walk there were little factoids that we could read. That's true. They've done a good job with that at that particular cranberry farm bog there's little things that you can learn about cranberries. I liked that we could do it in our own time. Yeah. I didn't feel like we were being herded with any kind of group. That I appreciated a lot. And it, and uh, it was a cool but pleasant day. It really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Beautiful fall day. And then it was time. We had arrived at the bog. And it was bogging time. It was bogtastic. Yeah. So we got our waiters, our dumb waiters. Is that what they're called? No, not dumb waiters. What are they called? Um, they're not dumb waiters. That's something I don't hip waiters hip waiters yeah what's a dumb waiter is a it a, a little elevator that you yeah <laughs> a food elevator yeah. basically that you have in your house we used to have one right believe it or not when we uh, run out our house it's a smart idea if you have a lot of floors my 
parents took a very old, dilapidated Victorian house, gutted it when I was young. And when they gutted it, my mom realized that's a lot of stairs to be sending grilled cheeses up to our attic, which was like where we would hang out. It was like our kid's space. So she built a dumbwaiter so that we could wheel them up. So much fun. Yeah, that's a smart idea. Anyway. So we put on our hip waders. Mm-hmm. And then we were instructed how to enter the bog. Mm-hmm. And that it would be slopey and deep in some parts. And the bog, our bog, mm. had tons of floating cranberries all around, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which was awesome. It was really neat. It actually reminded me a little bit of going into the Dead Sea in Israel. I okay. know that sounds funny because it's a very different thing. Experience, sure. Different part of the world. But ultimately, you're getting into a big, mucky hard to walk in situation and the water kind of it, it makes the hip waders the the rubber of it kind of stick to you in a way right like it kind of closes in on your body so it's almost a like you've bit, got a yeah. wetsuit on with boots attached and uh so then you go in and and uh basically you just hang out in it for a half an hour and yeah. do whatever you want to do so you can walk around you can take photos which was the number one thing people did, I think. Yes. And uh, just play around in the cranberries. Be around cranberries. Well, the funny thing is, Amanda thought we were going to be picking cranberries out of the bog. I just felt like if you're going to go into a bog, and maybe this is because of that fourth grade presentation mm-hmm. that I got about how hard it was to work in a bog, I thought if you're going to get people to pay to be in the bog... Why not get those people to either pick their own cranberries, and that's part of the what you walk home with is your bag of cranberries that you go home and make a cobbler with or something. Uh, or you, you know, I don't know, get them to do the work for you. It was neither. We just splashed around. <laughs> now, it should be known that cranberries do not grow in water, Amanda. They don't. That was one of the most interesting learnings, actually. Now, the reason they it is a bog and the reason the cranberries float around in the bog is because they flood them. That's right. So they'll flood the bog um, because cranberries, if you've ever cut one open, have quite a bit of air in them. There's actually four chambers where the seeds kind of grow. Um, they grow in a sort of airy space and then they're cur- surrounded by the cranberry. So you have four air chambers to every cranberry, so cranberries float. So the easiest way to pick a cranberry, or pick cranberries, instead of going in, because they do grow in, um, it's kind of a marshy water, though. No. Like, it's not marshy, it's just a field? It's just a field. They oh, flood okay. them completely. Yeah. So the easiest way to pick them without destroying the plant and without getting them is to simply flood the field and they all just rise to the surface. So that's once, what they once do. Once they've been once, once they're ready. Well, once they've been sort of combed out of the plant that they're in. Mm-hmm. They don't just rise once the water floods it because they have those machines. They kind of look like right. slow, snow blowers. Right. Uh, with, to kind of with blow teeth. them up. Yeah. That kind of pull them up. Yeah. With comb them. Like they comb them up without yeah. destroying the plant. That's the thing is to get the cranberry without. And that's why I'm sure they had rules on them in the early settler days because it would be very easy to destroy the plant if you're getting the cranberry so flooding the field is is the easiest way to do it believe it or not 
and I think we're gonna we're gonna wind up there, but we'll continue this conversation for our patrons. But okay. before we go, I want to say one thing, and you want to say one thing. I just wanted you to say something about the difference between what you learned about cranberries themselves, but maybe we'll save that. We might save that. I want to talk about the eastern hognosed snake. Okay. Which is kind of the um, the snake of the insomnia project. If we had an animal to represent us, mm-hmm. it would be the eastern hognosed snake. <laughs> so if anyone, if any of our listeners wants to draw. It's not dangerous at all. It if, just bumps you with its nose. Yeah. If anybody wants to draw a photo or a picture of this snake for us and somehow make it an insomnia project, thing we're happy to have it as our emblem mm-hmm. um it is a harmless snake that is kind of on the um at risk species and it's only found in the small pocket it is an at it's not kind of oh sorry it, it's an at risk species species in ontario and it is not even in ontario in this small pocket of ontario, of ontario of, yeah. of Muskoka Georgian Bay in the Georgian Bay area mm-hmm. is where you'll find it. It's a neat looking snake though because it does look like a pig. It hisses mm-hmm. um, and it can flare out, flare out its neck a bit like a cobra but it is not ven- venomous mm-hmm. and uh, they don't even bite. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm sure a lot of people see them and get upset. You don't get freaked out by them. If it strikes you, it keeps its mouth closed and just bumps you, Amanda. How sweet is it? Just a snake that's like Hello, bump. Yep. Please get out of my way. And it's very shy. That so might be why it's at risk. Yeah, it's very shy. It doesn't like to visit with people. Mm-hmm. It uh, will come out on sunny days, but um, it stays away from humans. But right. if you ever see it, and it uses its hognosed face to dig. Right. So that's the... That's, right. It's it's the... It's the weirdest, cutest looking thing mm-hmm. you've ever seen. So I had posted, the reason I said it is I had posted something on our Instagram about the hognosed snake. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to just follow up. And it was in that area. But we didn't, sadly, we didn't see any. Yeah. I guess the thing I learned the most about cranberries on our trip mm. was that white cranberries mm-hmm. grow on the bottom side of the cranberry bush it makes sense and so they don't see any sun right and like the asparagus that get covered to be pale Mm -hmm. these get covered by the vines right and you don't know how many white cranberries you're going to get per season because Mm -hmm. it all depends on how many grow on the underside Mm -hmm. of the cranberry bush and therefore the white cranberry wine that they make they can't have a, a good read on how much they're going to make per season because right. they don't know how many white cranberries they're going to mm-hmm. be able to harvest. So mm-hmm. that was the fact that I learned. Very cool. And on that note, Amanda, we're going to end this episode. Mm-hmm. Tell us what you think of cranberries on our Twitter or on our Instagram. Thank you for listening. If you're ever in a bog, think of us. <laughs> and we hope you listen and sleep.